Hey boys and girls, welcome back to Two Drunks on Betsy. Before we get going, just wanted to let you know that, uh, well, this entire episode is about nothing and everything and pretty much anything we could think to talk about. So we hope you grab yourself a drink, sit back, relax, and uh, come along a little adventure with us. And who knows, maybe by the end of this, uh, you'll be about as wobbly as we were. Let's try this again. Yeah. Because I did that once already and it didn't go well. <laughs> oh no, that went fantastic. No, for you that went fantastic. Yeah, so I left my ass. If up. you're tuning back in, thank you to our millions of subscribers worldwide. All 35 All of you. All 35 of you. By the way, share this internet yeah. on everything you can. Uh, you've made it to episode something on Two Drunks on Betsy. Yeah. We ever tell people why it was Two Drunks on Betsy? No, not really, okay. I don't think. You know what? That's a whole other episode. Anyway. Yeah. So today, we're going to talk about stuff and things. So, because of how <laughs> that last attempt how high are went you? to hell. Before we talk about this, how high are you? I'm getting there. Okay. So, that actually made me think of something really interesting. All right. Considering where we are. Yep. We're in a very tourism-based town. I again. can't edit that out. We can't edit that out. So, we're in a very tourism-based town. That's the biggest thing we have to think of. Okay. And seeing different individuals that come through town during a tourism-based town, especially in the summertime, yep. when you have two lakes, well, what are challenges you face, aside from things like that? I don't know that that's tourism-based. I just think that's, like, industry-based. How so? Okay, so it doesn't matter where you are or, or what kind of venue you have. You're always going to end up with your own unique set of circumstances. True. Okay. So... Like, let's take Penticton, for example. Yeah, that's where we are. The city's going to sue us later. It's going to be great. Yes. All right. So. $1. One, that's about all we're worth. <laughs> Woo! $1. Mm. All right. So as a tourist-based town, for starters, you end up with a couple of problems. One, there's a huge staffing shortage here, which yes. isn't an anomaly in a sense. The problem here is that there are less people to draw from. Yes. Right? Especially the age brackets you normally would draw from. Sure. Um, so, I mean, that's a problem all on its own. Uh, secondly, the pay is shit. But no. The pay is shit. No. Just, which is a problem, too. I mean, so if you're already in a hurting economy and you're in a town that has very limited resources. And very high cost of living. And that's a huge high cost of living. And you're still paying them peanuts. Yeah. Right? Um, in a place where they only make really good tips for four months of the year. How do you entice them? I mean, we did a whole episode on... On one way. One way. But, uh, so that's a challenge here. But then when you flip that over and I say that, that everyone <coughs> you know is going to have those unique challenges, it's, it's true, right? Because, say, let's take a bigger center, uh, Calgary, Vancouver, Toronto, whatever. Yeah. Um, still staffing shortages in the hospitality industry. Shortages. Shortage. How many vodka did I have? A bunch. Okay. Shortages, shortages, shortages. I'm going to go on with this for a, a while. Lack of so. staff in the industry. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Fuck me sideways. Just going to keep saying this it. This one's not going to make it. iTunes. <laughs> no, this one's not going to make iTunes. They have that weird content thing, which is strange because Rogan's on iTunes. And that guy's like, wow. Yeah, but he has a lot more followers. Yeah, he's going to sue me too. Mm. 
You look for like a dollar. Him. You look like him. Because I look fat. like him. I am Fat Rogan. <laughs> Literally Fat Rogan. Chubby Rogan. I'm Chubby Rogan. <laughs> no, like fat, fat. I'm like old man fat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, where were we at? Uh, challenges in the industry. Right, okay. So then you get into a bigger center, right? Yeah. And you still have um, staffing shortages. We can't edit that out either. This oh. is why we don't record on patios. That's a bike. It was a car. It was some dude. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Anyway, so you get into like a bigger center. You still have a staffing shortage in the hospitality industry, which yeah. I think I've said six times now because I keep interrupting myself. That's fine, but you have a drastically larger population base to draw from, which means that you can find ways to entice people to come work for you. Right? Hang on, we're going to pause. Okay, we're back. I don't know why I stopped recording. Neither do I. It's going to require some editing. Anyways. But, okay, anyway, so, I mean, the entire, the entire concept is that is that the hospitality industry as a whole right now is facing a short uh, staffing shortage. That's the problem. The biggest problem, though, is determining what the other challenges are in your area. So in a major center right now, your biggest challenges are logistics, yeah. supply and demand, and oversaturation. Like, depending on where you are, a lot of these markets are oversaturated with venues that the town or city or whatever it is, that's a truck. It's a loud truck. It's a loud fucking can truck. Can support, but they can support. You know what I mean? So, like, let's say you're in a small regional center that has seven microbrews, but you only have a population of 30,000 people. And then you've got a bunch of other stuff going on. Yeah. How do you balance that? You know, and how do you find... Uh, how do you make your place stand out, for starters? And then how do you get those staff to come to your place instead of the guy down the street? For one, you make sure your menu is different than the other guys. Yeah, but is that enough? Is it that is, enough to say, like, hey, we got a better menu? I'm not going to say their name, but there's one that just recently opened within the last year. Um, their menu. How you doing, buddy? Good, how are you? Their menu is... It's like live. Live is fun. It's always fun. Yeah. Their menu is based off... It's like... It's Latin American. Okay. Like tacos and but they do it really, Who doesn't really like well. a good taco? Exactly. <laughs> One day I'll tell you about the menu I designed for that strip club with a pink taco on it. Nope. Hey, um, like Jimmy's hot meat sandwich truck. Exactly. Yeah, um, this isn't going on iTunes. No, this is not going on iTunes. Fucked. Anyways, um, thank you Spotify for letting it just letting us just say whatever the fuck we want. I know, right? Yeah. Um, their menu is different than everyone else in town, okay. and it works. So people go there, and the beer isn't that bad. Okay. So they've got a couple things going for them. You just said the beer up. isn't that bad. I can't drink most beers. Okay, but, like, that's not a selling feature. When it comes to multiple craft breweries in one area, There's yes, so is. many. Okay, this town is actually... Over and inundated with Oh, my God. Between craft brews and wineries and winery restaurants and, like... Okay. I don't know if we've learned anything as an industry. No. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't a... Like, yeah, all right. That was a question, but, yeah. That's it's supposed to be rhetorical, but I fucking answered okay. it anyways. But... But how have we hit a point where we haven't realized that you can't oversaturate an industry with stuff and expect all of it to survive? You haven't. It's just, at that point, it just becomes survival of the fittest mm. or who has the best marketing. And let's be honest. How many fucking IPAs can we make? So many IPAs. There's so many. Like, and they all taste like shit anyway. Just all the IPAs. Like all of them. Like hops is a flavoring thing. Actually, technically hops is a preservative. 
That's the thing. Did we talk about that once? Not yet, not yet. Okay. So a little backstory, hops is actually a preservative. Like they used to start putting hops, so like Alexander Keats, like the original Indian pale ale, when they started putting hops in that, it was so they could transport it to soldiers from Great Britain to India. So they could have some little drink. And that's what the hops was for to make sure, because before that, beer didn't make it that far. I know. So that's what hops is for. So now we think of IPAs as this like challenge. Like, let's see if we can put enough hops in it so that your flavor palette can't actually taste them anymore. That's a fire truck. That's a fire truck. <laughs> I like live. Live is fun. So many things you wouldn't think about. What was I going off about before that? Oh, yeah, industry problems. Yes. Right. You know what the industry's biggest problem is? There's about six of them. What's this one? Okay. We refuse, we, not me, they, they refuse, or the industry as a whole refuses to evolve in real time. We tend to think that we will get back to a time where this is this or that is that, where people will like this again or that'll happen again or but it, it doesn't it never oh. does if it did then we'd still be running bootleg style clubs because actually you know what that'd be a good club because there's been a really good one in a while i know that yeah but um we tend to think that like if something is trendy we should do it but we shouldn't because it's short-term gain for long-term disappointment well every, okay so every year there's this is the new trend this year this is the new trend this year so why put all your eggs in one basket when it's going to change within six to nine months? Yeah. Or why why do we hop on the craft brew bandwagon? Oh, I know why. Because you don't have to have any industry experience or, well, experience, period, and you can open a craft brewery. Why? Because you can hire a brewmaster. Yeah. And because every instruction of your beer is literally on the internet. Does that make it quality or does that make it carbon copy? Bit of both, depending on how it's done. Okay. And how good is your beer, actually? So, like, if you open a microbrewery in your small town and everybody loves your beer, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with your beer. It's probably good. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably not bad. But what sets it apart from every other beer? Is it because you're in a small town? And will it ever go anywhere? And when the industry changes and people stop going, craft brew sales have dropped 22% this year. 22. That's a lot. Meh. That's a lot. Could be 25. It could be. But why are you still opening the crap brewery? Like if you're investing in, let's say you're investing in the housing market. Yeah. And your thing is condos. But condo sales dropped 22%. Are you going to go out tomorrow and buy a brand new condo complex? Or are you going to find a better industry trend and go with that. Trends are you stupid or not? Yeah. See, it comes back to that whole thing where I think that uh, I think the movie Cocktail ruined it for an entire generation. There's like an entire generation out there right now that's uh, like we'll call them my age plus. That's the movie I first learned to say the word fuck. You have a weird childhood. But like <laughs> fuck. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's fair. No, that's fair. That's entirely fair. Just but, like, so we, we, like, have this generation that's what we'll call them the 40-plus generation that all thinks that regardless of what they did their entire lives, they can just buy a bar or a microbrewery or a whatever. And it works. And that's a retirement plan. 
but it's not. And then three years down the road when they're closing, they're like, oh, what did I do wrong? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Everything. Everything wrong. The things that survive are either, they come one of two ways. Well, we'll say one of three ways. They're either iconic in nature. Not because they were formed that way, because they became that way. Yeah. Right? So you created something that just has a brand recognition that sticks. Right? That one bar that we never talk, that nightclub we never talk about because I hate them, they lucked out and did that. Yeah. They got brand recognition that sticks, and it always will. Right? Um, it's not around anymore for obvious reason, but Studio 54, we still talk about it today. Mm. That's entire brand recognition. And it's been know. reinvented a few yeah. times, right? Um, theoretically with less cocaine. Yeah. From a restaurant perspective, um, same thing. There are places that just have brand recognition for days, and they'll be around to the dawn of the apocalypse. Like, whatever. They'll be here. There will be fire and brimstone coming down from the sky, and I bet you any money there'll still be a Boston pizza on the corner. Oh, guaranteed. Or a Taco Bell or a whatever. Like, there's going to be stuff. Oh, demolition, man. Anyway. Um, but Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, fuck. Now I want a taco. Uh, we talked about tacos twice in 10 minutes. I want right. a taco. Now, number two are the places that find a niche. Right? So, like, you've built something that literally is either, if not the only thing in that category... The, the one of the things in a very select category. Yeah. Right? And that's super important. Like the place right now. There's, I love you, Martin, but there's literally nothing about this place that if I posted it outside of here, screams, hey, like that's really neat. Except that it's unique in its category. Yeah. And the owner's fun, and he's quirky, and the food's good, and the service is awesome. Cool. But it's found a niche. Right? That's important. Um, and then there's those places that they have enough money to sustain and change as things happen. Right? So it could still be the same Joe's Diner, but Joe's Diner's gone through four iterations and they got enough money and clientele that they evolve. Yeah. Okay. Those are the ones that stick. But if you're a brew pub, right? You might get 10 years out of your brew pub. You know what? You might get 40 years out of your brew pub, but how many of them are actually revenue generating? Yeah. And how many of them are survival mode? You know what I mean? And that's where we're at. So, like, that's one of my biggest problems now with the industry is that we've hit this point where there's... It's just copy, 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 paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Yeah. Why? What does it get us? It's a theoretically easy way to make money. Sure, for a short term. Theoretical. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. We came out of a pandemic and people are looking for things that are easy and quick and whatever. But... It's not sustainable. No, if you're going to dump your entire life's investment into a new venture, wouldn't you want it to be sustainable? Oh. Whoa. That's crazy talk. I know it's crazy talk. We're going to take a break. Get more vodka. Because we've just been 10 minutes talking about 14 things. Yes. I don't know where I'm going to put this in an episode. No, for those of you that don't do this, like, you literally... Well, okay. That's not true. For those of you that don't just do random podcasts, we literally just record shit, and then I place it in spots. Yeah. It's fun. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's terrible. 
First episode was entertaining. It was entertaining. Okay, we're taking a break. We're going to come back. We're going to need more vodka. All right, so we're back. Now we're inside. Yeah. Came inside. There's background music. There's drunk people. This is Martin. Feels like home. Feels like home. Yeah. So, like, for those of you that are just joining us in the world of the Two Drunks on Betsy podcast, sometimes we just talk about stuff. And I actually completely forgot what we were rambling about 11 minutes ago. So, now we're going to talk about other stuff. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh... What did I say outside? Well, we're talking about tourism industry and tourism areas. Right. And one of the biggest things that can affect it quite well is promotions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, That's yeah. the whole thing. Right. See, this is why this is why it's good you're here. Because if you weren't, it'd just be me drunk talking about weird shit all the time. Anyway. I don't know what we do anyways. Yeah, but I forget what I was talking about. And then people would listen to this and they'd be like, um... He's just dumb. What the fuck? Yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure they did it anyways, but whatever. Right. So, one of my big things lately, I like that there's background music now. Right? This is going to be interesting when we, like, edit later. Well, we don't really edit. Mostly, I just, like, take out some... Stuff. Overtly... Awful things. things. The awful things, and then, yeah, put it together. But... Roll the dice. Roll the dice. But so... Why? Why is it that as we evolve... As an industry, we don't evolve our promotional practices and our events. And is it because of COVID that we stopped thinking event-based things were important? Because we did. Like, if you look at most bars nowadays, like, their events are, at best, laughable. That's the wrong word. They're boring. Or they're just barely existent. Yeah, like nothing gets promoted anymore. People just expect that things are going to happen. And then we don't take the time, even if we run a really good event, we don't take the time needed to make it successful. Yeah. So like, if I was going to promote house, here's house. Hi. You can't see this, but I'm showcasing house. It's like he's so, Vanna White. Yeah, I'm Vanna Whiting house. So here's house, and house enjoys long walks on the beach, shit tons of marijuana, and his dog. He's a cute puppy. Yeah, so like, I put that online for like a day, and it gets a couple of likes. But if I keep doing it every day for a month, you probably get more likes. Yeah. You do it for six months, you're gonna get more likes. Nope, if you didn't get enough likes after day one, and I just pulled it, is it your fault it didn't work out or mine? kind of an easy answer so right but we do that in this industry it's where we true. find something that we're like we're gonna try something we just try it once and it doesn't work so we just stop it's, it's one of the things I tried trying to convince people that aren't industry based or have that much of a background when you're doing a consulting job or just trying to help them get things off the ground is that longevity in that simple marketing campaign is what this industry is based on yeah it doesn't Things don't work in the first month. They don't work in the second month. They start gaining steam by the end of the second month, third month in. By the end of six months, people know what's going on. But it's not an overnight thing. No. Actually doing the promotion and the footwork is what gets you there. But there's a lot of managers that don't want to take that footwork. No, and we've, we've come to this point where we think that, like, let's say you've got a really popular social media following. Like, so you're, uh, like, a big venue, and you've got, I don't know, 30,000 Facebook followers. 
whatever it might be. Okay? How many of those actually follow your ass? And of the ones that actually look at them, how many care? And of those ones, how many show up? Yeah. So, well, you can look at your advertising and say, oh yeah, I got 30,000 Facebook followers. I can say whatever I want and they'll just do it. It's entirely inaccurate. Right? So let's say 10% actually pay attention. So I get three. Let's say 10% of those show up. That's 300. Let's say 10% of those tell their friends. That's 30. So no matter how popular you think you are, because someone showed up at your bar and liked your Facebook page, they could be from Tuck to Tuck, your bar's in Calgary. That's one of the biggest things I always laugh at is if you have a promotion that night and you say, if you take a photo, tag and like and post this on Instagram right now, yeah. you get a shot. Great. That gets you one person that day and it doesn't mean they're going to follow you forever. Yeah. Because they're at your bar and you're like, hey, you get a free drink if you do something as trivial as this. And it's great. Sure, you get the word out, but... For, with, for what? Ten minutes? Yeah. Which is where the consistency needs to come in. Yeah. Uh, you can't judge your next big thing based on how it worked out the first Friday or how it worked out the second Friday or how it worked out the 13th Friday because as long as you're seeing growth every week it's taking hold now after six months if you're not seeing traction eh, maybe you gotta reevaluate but you really need that time to build a logical base yeah yeah and that drives me nuts especially coming out of COVID where people are like we need stuff to do. I just watched something shatter. I'm sorry I'm distracted. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but that was weird. Um, she's okay. She's okay, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. She's okay. Well, she did get covered in blood right Right? Um, so, like, you need to take that time and build those promotions and yeah. build that base and, like, work through it. And without doing that, you're never going to see success. Oh. So... And I mean, honestly, coming out of COVID, people want stuff to do. So, give them stuff, but make sure you put the effort into doing it. Yeah. If people don't know what's going on, they're not going to come here. All right. Uh, Martin got a broom. The number of times I've seen this industry where it's, people think it's just open the door and it works. No, man. you got to do the footwork. Right? It needs that build and it needs that promotion. So, I don't know. That's just... It drives me crazy because they just don't put the. That's not my food. They just don't put the effort into it that they used to. <laughs> you do not get the chickpea salad. I know, God no. Why would I order that? It's actually good. Chi- I don't think orders a chickpea salad. At a pub. That one person ordered a chickpea salad. And you one time. That is pretty good. Yeah, alright. But still no. Hard fast. That's right. Yeah. Alright, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about. Pick a topic. Something else. That's not a topic. That's just a statement. Yeah, but I'm a little stoned. I can't think right now. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about how House is going to sing me a song. And uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about the three biggest industry flaws. I'm down. When you get a new venue. Yeah. And then a bunch of people are going to listen to this and stop subscribing. Probably. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do that. So, what? I know I'm out of vodka. Shut up. So, welcome back 
two, uh, you know, two drunks on a cow or a horse or something. Livestock. I tried to steal this thing once, and that's how this all started. But, so we want to talk about the three things. What are we talking about? Three things about new venues. Three things about three new venues. Three problems with new venues. Right, that drive me just absolutely fucking bonkers. Yeah. Okay. What grinds your gears? What grinds my gears? Here's my first problem. If, if you have never worked in the service industry, do not buy a goddamn bar, restaurant, nightclub, brew pub, anything where you have to be in hospitality. Okay, yeah, that's a fair point. Though. I'm not even sugarcoating it. Just no, don't. I've made that point multiple times. Yeah. Or, if you, you know what, and if you do, if you feel the need, like you have to do it, I'm going to do it. This is my dream. I want to do a thing and blah, 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 blah. Hire someone who has to help you do it. And listen to what they say. Yeah. That's the biggest one, is actually listen. Your ego should not take play in this one. Listen to what they tell you. Like, the guy who watched four episodes of Bar Rescue was like, oh, yeah, I can totally, like, pick a bar away. That's the guy that ends up on Bar Rescue. It's like anything. I wouldn't come out of the industries I've been in and go get a job as a bus driver or an accountant or uh, whatever. Like, pick an industry. Right? And just assume it's going to work. You'll be like, oh, you know what I'm going to do next week? I'm going to buy a clothing store. What the hell do I know about clothing? It goes on, people. That's about it. Yeah. Right? Sure, there's transferable skills and everything. But my first thought would be, you know what my dream is? I'd really like to own a boutique leather store. And let's just see how that goes. Because so why many, not? So many chaps. So, so many chaps. So many chaps. So many chaps. But, so that's my biggest pet peeve from a new venture perspective. It's not that people are buying them. Because if you got a dream, you got a dream. Just, one, be realistic about it. And two, find somebody who can help you who has experience. Because otherwise, you're going to be that guy that calls me, you know, sad and depressed in a year and a half. Because you're running out of money and the bank will give you a loan and you're not sure how to save your buck. And you don't know why. Not that I mind. Like, you want to pay me, give a shit, but... You know... If you've hit the point where you're bleeding money already, paying me a thousand bucks a day probably isn't great. No. Okay, so that's the first point. What's your second point? How about new venues? What new venues? Stop the carbon copy and paste. For the love of God, put some creative thought into what you're doing. How many roof ups there are in the world? Just like. At least 200,000. I don't know. There's so many. Yeah. Um, do you know how many Irish pubs there are in North America? Not that many anymore. No, but still. There's a lot. Like, I know that. Ballpark. Like, I guess. I don't know. 50,000? Sure. Let's pick one per city. If you're going to do something, especially post-COVID, put some creative effort into what you're doing. Just because, uh, I don't know, corporate Irish pub down the street works for them, doesn't mean that should be your go-to. Put some effort in, be a little creative, add some flair, and then at least you have something to promote. Because until then, you're promoting something someone else already did. Yeah. But. 
fun on my third one is? I was. Stop <laughs> staring at that. Just stop. Sorry, I can't help it. Just stop. It's not All a, right, in, in for a penny, in for a pound. So you've got like three more minutes. you got to make it on mic for us. So. Jesus Christ. Hey. That's all the effort you gotta put into this. Here. Okay, so, okay, okay, keep going. So, my third, my third biggest pet peeve currently with New Venture. Understand that you're probably wrong. What? Are you too honest? No, I've been saying that thing for years. We well, probably are. You don't. I've been in this industry for. Hang on, I gotta do math. Three, six, 27 years? 28 years in different capacities. Yeah. And I'm still wrong sometimes. So if I've been in this industry that long and I'm so wrong fairly regularly, and you just got here, how often do you think you're wrong? Probably more than just never. Like a lot, right? At least once. So, understand that you're gonna be wrong. And you're gonna be wrong a lot. And you need to put your ego aside and realize that because you pictured in your head doesn't make it right or functional or because you know you got things like regulations and health code oh dude even just yeah even just building good like sorry that doesn't work because you know, reality doesn't let you do that yeah. and yeah. we all we're all wrong at some point exactly like i said to this day i'm so wrong sometimes Less now, because you know, experience. Yeah. Practice, education. More importantly, we both failed enough times. That was gonna be the next point. Like I failed a lot before yes. I got to be right a lot. Shit, I still fail, and I admit to it every time. Right. So just because you're an amazing chef, you thought I'm gonna open a goddamn restaurant? You could be the best chef on the planet. You could make food that literally changes the hearts and minds of a generation. Doesn't mean that you should maybe open your own restaurant without some help. Because there's more than just what you think. Yeah, and more than what you know in your little pocket of knowledge. Yeah. Right. Now, I mean, on top of that, you got to realize that if you, if first you can realize you are wrong, 99% of the time, you need to be able to humble enough to listen to people who maybe aren't. Or at least have more experience than you so that you can downside. If someone's telling you the exact opposite of what you're doing and it's making sense and you don't do it, you're the idiot. You're the idiot. And then if you fail, it's your own problem. Yeah. No. There's no one else to blame but your own idiocracy. No. Now, those are my three big points. I have another one. Sub point 3.1. Yeah. There's this guy who does this show that I don't always agree with. You know that guy? Yeah, I know the guy. I mean, this is a show about bars and stuff, and him and I, I agree with a lot. Some I don't, but it's a very valid point. If you are constantly blaming the failure or success of your venue on what's happening around you, you're destined to fail. It doesn't mean that the things happening around you aren't affecting your business. Yeah. It means that you need to be able to adapt to those things to survive. So if you've hit the point where your excuse is, the economy sucks, COVID was a thing, I can't find staff, whatever. Supply chain is garbage, because it is, but whatever. 
But if you're using those excuses without coming up with creative solutions, you're gonna fail no matter what. Yeah. Everything with this industry is adaptation. Yeah, and if you can't learn to adapt, you're gonna fail. If you're not adept at adapting. If you're not adept at adapting? Yeah. All right. What are your three big things you hate? Those are mine. And we're probably going to lose at least four of our 35 followers. Because they're going to be like, that guy's a jerk. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm a realistic jerk, though, um, folks. I hate how unrealistic that we have a portrayal of the industry on TV and in media. Oh, uh, yeah. There's very few shows that have actually showed difficulties in how hard and what can happen to you in this industry. Like, There's one movie with an, uh, an actor. Um, Burns, I'll say the name because it's a good movie. I like the movie quite a lot. Okay. It has Bradley Cooper in it. And he plays a chef that goes through a hardship. He has a failure and he comes back from it. <laughs> dumb and luck? Dumb luck and everything was in the right place for him. But the biggest thing is, is that shows a hardship with shit that can happen to you in the industry because of your poor choices. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing that people don't realize there's a lot of downfall in this industry because addiction's a huge thing. Yep. Alcoholism is a huge thing. Like the number of people I know that I've had to let go because they can only function if they did a couple bumps in the bathroom between on service. Oh, I'm good to go, chef. I'm ready to go. No, you've got to go home now, right, kid. Like, like you're done. People don't talk enough about that. Yeah. And that's a big thing in the industry. People think it's all glitz and glamour because of what they see on TV. It's not. Oh, this is glamorous. There's there's blood. There's sweat. There's tears. Like actual tears. Like. Yeah, I've there's seen a lot of crying in a cooler. Yeah. yeah, the cooler is my safe space every time. Yeah, you need therapy, but whatever. But that's probably one of the biggest ones. Yes, please. Is we don't hear enough about the actual industry. No, at all. From what? From our side of things, we hear we see it from the glitz of glamour. Yeah. So that's probably one of my one of my top three. Okay. Um, What's number two? How poorly we're treated by people. Like people in general? People, or? In, gen- people in general. Like, okay. The wage thing, how to keep things, that's one that we've always had to have a discussion on. Uh, yeah. How, is that, how do we solve that one? How do we work on that okay. We could be talking for hours upon hours on that one. But the biggest one is just, we, we, we both even called this before. Because there was this weird six-month grace period when everything opened up. Everybody is so nice and they're so cheerful and they're Happy and yeah, and yeah. We're coming up to that point towards the end of the summer now and halfway through that... People are dicks. Yep. Because people are people. People are people. It's everyone went from one side of things to the other side like, with the flip of a coin. Okay. And but that's one that's always gonna be an uphill battle with everywhere you go because it's just people are people. So that's an ongoing gripe. But the last one, and I gotta, I gotta agree with you, man. The carbon copy thing. Enough's enough. It's annoying. It's annoying. I don't want to go to one place and be served the same three beers. Mm. Like, here is great because it's they're all local, but there's a variety of local craft beers okay. that are actually decent. Like, yeah. Some of them won awards, some of them are just good in general by themselves. You don't put them in a category, you just come, you have a beer, you enjoy, you can get what it is, and yeah. Like, you can, yeah, you can get your standard drinks like eyeballs and stuff, but they've got a whole bunch of fun menu that works. Fits the motif of the bar. That's fair. So, 
other places you don't get that and it's this is what we have and it's because it's a cover copy of something else like you said you have one place that has three different ipas that all taste like shit they all taste like ipa yeah so, okay they say that but don't get me wrong an ipa isn't a bad thing no no some fa- there are some fantastic IPAs. when that's all you've had it's like everywhere you look is a new ipa a new ipa you know what eventually oh also stop putting fucking fruit in here sorry I know people like that, but that's called a cooler. No, it's called a rather. Sure. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Like, there's this bubble, and there's only so much room for innovation. In a sense, like if 17 different breweries have decided to make an orange fucking lager. Well, isn't that just Belgian Moon with some orange squeeze in it? Well, no, but you know what I mean? Like, somebody already did that, and they did it well. So why why are we doing it again? You, you hush with that logic, sir. What? Also, that my beer shouldn't sense. be pink. Like, if you're making a raspberry beer, yeah. I don't, still don't want it to be pink. That's, that's fair. If I, I wanted a pink drink, I'd get a cocktail. There's nothing wrong with the color. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, Ron. Like, how many things can we just inundate the world with? So we're like, oh, man. What do we make this week? Lifesavers Pale Ale. <laughs> Fuck. I don't would, tell me that it'd be good. Just no, don't. It, Stop. It's not. It would be so sugary, so sweet. I would never yeah. drink it. Like, the idea seems funny, but it'd be horrible in practice. Probably, yeah, right? So, no, that I'm 100% on board with. Like, Jolly Rancher Pale Ale. Oh, man. Hard People just... Everybody's looking for their next big thing, but, but your next big thing can't come from there, repetition. Granted, there are some things that when I was traveling last year, one of the places I found, it, it looked like it was going to be cookie cutter like everywhere else. Yeah. But upon actually trying the beer, they were doing different types of infusions. Like, it was an Irish pale ale. Yeah. So you, you would think it was going to go more like towards the as a regular IPA, but it was done more like a stout. All right. So it was like a mix between an IPA and a Guinness, and it had this really, really awesome creaminess to it. Like, that's a place that's like, hey, we're going to do something that might seem good yeah. counter, but we're going to change it up. Here's the business side of it. Yeah. How many are you going to sell? And how long are you going to sell them for? Well, if your place is known for it locally, you're going to sell lots of it. But for how long? And how much money and effort did you have to put into making it? Can I take this one? Yes. So, for example... When we talk about not being cookie, like not doing the whole copy-paste thing, and why are there 40,000 of this, and like whatever. So, you make a raspberry ale, or a this stout, or a whatever. So, brew cost, take around. Sure. And production cost, whatever production cost is in your area, for the volume you're doing. Then you gotta sell it, market it, put some effort into it, and you run it for what, a season? You know why major breweries are major breweries? Because Budweiser hasn't changed in 35 freaking years. Yeah, that's fair. If if you're in this business to make money, right, like actual money, you want to survive, you want to succeed, you want to... You need to find a balance between innovation and functionality and long-term appeal. But you can't just... It's like it's like when you see those craft kitchens pop up. Yeah. That make probably the best, I don't know, poutine on the planet. It's so good. You've never had one like it. How long does that last? 
Six months? Yeah. A year? Until the honeymoon phase wears out. Yeah, great. And then what? Then you're relegated to the, yeah, it's a nice place, but I tried that already. Yeah. How often do you want to order just pizza? And how often are you going to go spend, let's say a craft beer pint's 13 bucks. I don't know, wherever you live. Yeah. Could be less, could be more. Let's call it 13. But one of the bigger markets is selling a similar domestic lager. Maybe isn't quite as fancy for nine. And your new market is 18 to 21. 20, let's, if you're in the States, 21 to 25. Who makes 15 bucks an hour? How many of those $13 pints are they gonna buy? Fair. Are they gonna buy one? Six? Whatever. How many of the $9 pints are they gonna buy? Fair point. So if we look at the industry just as a business, we need to find a balance between what we want to do and what's actually long-term profitable. Hence why you can't be copy and paste of Joe's down the street with an IPA. See, everybody's an IPA. You want to do something fun? You want to get innovative? Shit, go make me a, I don't know, UK-style lager with a hazelnut finish. Have I seen that yet? Have you seen that yet? No. Anywhere? Good. Yeah. Go make me that. Pretty good. Yeah, because nobody made that, and I've tried a lot of beer. Right? I couldn't name you the last four IPAs I drank, but if somebody made that, I'm going to remember. Hmm? Yeah. Right? So, um, time to expand our... That's true. Like, everywhere you know, go, everyone knows kids. It always tastes the same But Guinness is a staple. Exactly. Because it found its niche and it found its flavor and it didn't change it. Uh, Budweiser or Bud Light. Not what I would call award winning beer. What? It's not. It's just beer. It's lager. Yeah. It's standard American lager. But it's consistent. It's consistent standard American lager. Yeah, everybody knows it. There's a reason that for the next 200 years, every bar in the world is going to sell Anheuser products. For the next two years, everybody might sell your IPA. And then you might go to business. Not wrong. You know? So, I don't know. Just my take on the, hey, why are we in this business? We're in this business to maybe break even and spend your life savings on no return? Do whatever the hell you want. If you're in this business to turn a profit, maybe reevaluate how you're doing it. Maybe the odds be ever in your favor. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way you can sum it up. Yeah. Sometimes I think we're too blunt. Nah. Mm. No? Sometimes not enough. Okay. So, this is a good place to wrap this up. That's a good time. It's a good time to wrap it up. So, all 35 of you. And the millions of future listeners around the world. I'm Ron. I'm House. And thank you for putting up with us for a good 15 minutes. Yeah, it's been fun. And, uh, you know, next time we do this, maybe we'll pick a topic. Probably, probably not. Probably not. But please like, please subscribe, please share, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your almost 18-year-old children... Nobody under that, thanks God. Yeah. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, all that shit. We have Facebook? Yeah. We have Instagram. Like us on Instagram. At you drugs on Betsy. Yeah. And uh, we have a YouTube channel that we haven't posted anything on yet. Same with TikTok. So eventually we'll get there. Yeah. But, yeah. Eventually. All right, maybe you'd be TikTok famous. Jesus you can do Christ. dances and I'll videotape. We just drink. No, I want to see you do dances. God damn it. All right. This is us. This has been fun. Stay classy, guys. All right. Cheers.